Hey, top model experts. Today, we are going in on another iconic episode of Cycle 4 of Top Model, The Girl Who Got Bad News. We talk through the highs and lows of this episode with comic and YouTuber Michael Henry. First, Michael tells us about his relationship to Top Model. Then, Michael shares with us how he thinks Jan Carl handled PR training. And we go in on the Seven Deadly Sins photo shoot that had all of us girls on MySpace screaming and shaking. Sit tight. You are going to love this episode. Forever. Dog. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, Maxwell, what's going on, girl? Hi, Shay. Um, well, first, we have to talk about something. We t- tried to do a out of um out of office research project and tried to go to the Smize Cream Shop. And yes, we really were, you know, because we had talked previously about how when I've been in LA in the past, we've t- we've only talked about going to get Smize Cream. Have never gone to get the Smize Cream. So you know, we said let's do some field research. Let's make some dinner reservations. Let's go out to Santa Monica and get some spice cream. By coastal, we like went to the coast. We went to the ocean, and we really did. Um, well, you know, it's okay. We didn't get any Smize cream. We'll save that for a different day. But we will be back. We are going to try to get the Smize cream. We'll probably yes. try like a Monday instead feel, of a Saturday night. Yeah, I feel like it's um at least important for us to explain that. Um, uh, well. How do we, so they were closed. Yeah, we, we got, we were gearing up to go and Google let us know that we they were closed and we were, um we didn't believe it. So we went to inspect the yeah. situation and Google was actually correct. They were We're like, it's a closed. Saturday evening. Like, of course they're going to be serving some ice cream. Like, you know, everyone's going to be out. The weather's beautiful. Um, yeah, um, but unfortunately... They were closed. They were closed. And and mall security told us to come back, not the next day, but Monday. So So, (laughs) maybe they're like a Monday through Friday um, situation. But we're definitely going to go back because... We need to I'm, let our listeners know what it tastes like. I know. And I, I was like, oh, the same. I was like, so like we had had such a lovely dinner and I purposefully saved room for the Smize cream, like had my mouth so ready for it. I was like, so ready to borrow a lactate from Maxwell and just like go ham. Tea. And yeah, it's okay. Well, we have top model, real top model things to talk about. Um, we do. We have we some do. real smizes to talk about, not smize creams to talk about. So today we are talking about. Please don't disrespect the legitimacy of smize cream by saying that's not real. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It is, smize cream is very real. Thank you. So real. Sorry, Tyra. Um, we are talking about a wild episode in Top Model. Yes. In is. Cycle Four today, <laughs> the girl who got bad news. 
Honestly, I forgot how many iconic moments there were in this cycle. Um, (laughs) We had our first double elimination with Tiffany and the Be Quiet and Rebecca. We had the Be Quiet Tiffany moment. And this episode has some pretty iconic parts in ANTM history as well. We have to, we get some drama from back home. We have a very difficult mini challenge and an iconic photo shoot. Was the the mini challenge that difficult? Or did they just have a difficult time doing the mini challenge? We'll discuss later. We'll discuss later. You know, well, actually, no, that brings up a great point because, yes, they had to do this media training, do this photo shoot. And, um, you know, one of my questions is, is like, I kind of feel like these girls are lazy. Like, yeah. do you think a lot of the, you know, I know they're young. I don't want to say that they're lazy, but it does seem like they kind of have the, like, oh, I've never acted before. I don't want to do it. Like, oh, I've never gotten a haircut before. I don't want to get it cut. And again, they're chill. I understand yeah. they're 19, but I yeah. feel like, and that's why Tyra blew up. I think that might be why Tyra blew up last week. It's because she's like, I'm tired of you kids saying you can't read a teleprompter. I feel like it's really, there is such a specific, special, and delicate balance that needs to happen between production and the contestants in order to get some really dynamic performances. Because I have seen this before um, in my own experience, um, specifically when I did the the Bachelorette with Monet. Um, You know, we got there and production was just like, hey, they were like, it almost feels like it's them against us. Like we, like the production hadn't been able to win the suitors on their side. So it almost felt like at every step they were getting pushback. And I feel like um, that was a little bit was what was kind of starting to happen with the girls. Cause I think after what happened with Tiffany, it's a little bit of this, they're a little bit too tentative because they're like, I don't want to, you know, do anything that will embarrass me. And I also don't want to get yelled at, you know? I think that they were just scared of everything at this point because they are like, she didn't read a teleprompter well. She got nervous about it and Tyra screamed at her and double eliminated her. Well, double eliminated her first and then screamed at her. But, you know, you get it. So mm-hmm. I feel like this was one of those where maybe there was some tensions that were happening between production and the contestants and it was a little bit of us against them. That makes sense. Yeah, I definitely felt, especially at this point, especially watching back now, felt very like they were like, I'm like tired of doing this. But they did get a really great lesson from Jan Carl. Did Mm -hmm. you, um, for PR from Entertainment Tonight, did you feel that that was good training? I feel like, yes, it was definitely some sound PR training because I feel like in the past, they've just been kind of like thrown into the lion's den by just like having to, uh, wait, never mind. See, sometimes these these top model timelines be getting me because I was about to say in the past, but actually they don't interview uh, Janice until like a few seasons later. When they're yeah, when, thrown into that. when she gets kicked off, when she's not a judge, they bring Janice back <laughs> yes. to harass them. Top model facts. Um, Ooh, well, yeah. Uh, well, what I will say is I felt like this was some really comprehensive, um, helpful media training that they got from Jan Carl. I didn't think so. I thought it was really, I thought she told, I felt like she had too many rules. I felt like some of the rules were helpful. 
Like, I definitely mm-hmm. think, you know, how to ask questions was helpful. But I didn't like how she talked to Brittany. I didn't like that she was like, don't answer that question so confidently. You don't want to let the audience know that you thought you were going to win. And I was like, why mm-hmm. the hell not? If that's how she felt. Yeah. I think I, there I, were a couple I, different moments throughout the thing where she, I felt like people were just being genuine. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't like that she was kind of like, oh, don't be that genuine. It's like, yeah, but that's not being bad genuine. That's being confident. And that's kind of cool. I feel like PR back then was slightly different and I'll give her that because I feel like, you know, now it is really encouraged for people to just like really be authentic, you know, because we want to see that from our celebrities where um, I feel like back at that point, we were still a little bit presentational and picturesque in the way that like celebrities handled themselves in uh, interview settings. So in that way, I felt like she was helpful, but I do fully understand what you're saying is in fully what you're saying and where you feel that she wasn't as supportive to people's individual personal perks as she could have been. Well, let's touch on this really fast because we should take a quick break, but the seven deadly sins photo shoot, did we have this printed out in our locker in high school? I need to know, was it your MySpace banner? Like I know that on my, like, yeah, I loved this photo. I, I, I did. I did have, um, one of the images, uh, printed out in my locker. Um, which one? Uh, because if oh so it was Naima's, um, but when I think back about it, like now I'm not sure if that photo was as strong as I remembered it being as 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 I thought that it was at the time. You know, we've a lot of reflecting on this show has definitely um, taught me that younger me was mm-hmm. very naive and gullible and really just loved simple things. Now I, I have a more complex palette, so. Now I see things differently. Absolutely, from a different lens. Okay, well, today is going to be so much fun because we are chatting with up-and-coming writer and comedian Michael Henry about this fierce episode of Top Model. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So excited to be chatting today about the girl who got bad news. Now, this episode brings so much to the Top Model franchise, and there is a lot to talk about. So, without further ado, let's welcome our guest today. We are joined by the comic writer and YouTuber, Michael Henry. Hey, Michael, how is it going? I'm good. Hi, how are you? Ah, doing well, doing well. Okay. Now, um, we've met before in LA with um, Tony Soto and Maxwell before. Yes, and I don't know if you remember this, but we had an intimate Christmas Eve once with Tony, Frank Mares, uh, you and your boyfriend. I'm not sure if he's still your boyfriend, but this was yes. like five years ago. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was like that. It was like that brunch yes. moment over at Frank's yes. house. I remember yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that was like, <clears throat> I was on tour 
Um, I was doing um, Marie and Peter's The Drag Queen Christmas Tour, which I'm also doing the Drag Queen Christmas Tour this year. Get your tickets at dragfans.com. Um, <laughs> and the way that it worked out with like the routing is like we were we did a show in LA on the 23rd and then we were doing our next show in San Diego on the 26th and I remember just being like I do not want to fly all the way back to Chicago for one day for Christmas to just fly all the way back to California to San Diego so we're like let's do you know Christmas in California get some warm weather and Mm -hmm. it was honestly one of the most fun Christmases that I've ever had because after we left you guys um, at that brunch, uh, myself, Dan, and Pheromone went on like a shopping spree. At, I remember uh, you, yeah. <laughs> I remember you were talking about that happening. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was amazing! Like best Christmas ever. So so good to see mm-hmm. you again. Welcome yes. to wow. our show. It is always so fantastic to have a fellow top model fan here. Um, us. So, Michael, I have to ask you, I have to know, you know, we're we're going back in time here. This is March 2005 when Cycle 4 of America's Next Top Model was Pre-pandemic. Just a bit pre-pandemic. Just just a little pre-pandemic. Yes, just pre-pandemic. Yeah. 2005. Mm -hmm. So, um, please illustrate for our audience, um, where was the young Michael Henry what was he doing? What was he wearing? Okay. What was he watching? What was he listening to? Give us the tea. Let me tell you. I was a um, freshman at community college on Long Island. Uh-huh. I, I remember walking around campus with a lanyard um, keychain around my neck and people, my friends there being like, why are you wearing that stupid lanyard around your neck? And I was like, where else am I going to put it? And I, that was basically what I was known for in community college, which was, I look like a, a PE teacher or a janitor. <laughs> but so needless to say, I was not sexually active at that time. Got it. <laughs> and I was a little theater major. And um, I remember making out with this woman, Linda, in the back of her car. She initiated it and I went along with it. And um, that was like a highlight of 2005. <laughs> wow. wow. Where's Linda now? She's a cancer survivor. Wonderful. Oh. Yes. Resilient. <laughs> Resilient. Okay, so you obviously were um, a fan of um, Keys on a Lanyard. It's funny, we had Bob the Drag Queen on last week, and they also talked about an interesting relationship with their keys as an accessory. Um, they were saying that, you know, they were very much so about the carabiner um, being clipped onto mm. their jeans at the time. So, mm-hmm. okay, you're a freshman, 2005. Yes. Um, you, are accessor- you are accessorizing with keys. Yes, yes. Um, but also my what my best friend uh, Sarah and I, every single Wednesday, we would watch Top Model, Project Runway, and The Hills. So, so you were we, very gay in community college. Oh, very gay. And that was our like lineup of homosexual activities. I was not clubbing. I was not doing any, like I said, not sexually active. The gayest thing I was doing was watching internet porn and my Wednesdays of Top Model Project One Way in the Hills. Top Model Facts. I feel like that's everybody's experience. Yeah. I uh, know I've met some sexually active adults that are young. <laughs> <laughs> 2005, my gay experience was definitely Mr. and Mrs. J, so. Ugh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, you were watching, you said Top Model, Project, Project Runway, Run. 
and the hills. Yes. Those were those were your uh trifecta. So for top model, did you have any faves? Who were you rooting for? Um on cycle in four. Gen- in cycle four, I Kaylin, mm-hmm. the one that was like the focus of this episode, yes. I definitely really liked her. Um, I like Michelle, you know, the bisexual. Um, but Kaylin, I don't know. Something about her just seems so real. Is it because you were having bisexual experiences with Linda at this period that you also were identifying with Michelle? What can I say? I was I, I was bi in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think we all started there, so it's fine. It's like a little bridge. It's like a little, yeah, it's just like a little. All, yeah, we've all had a Linda. It's yeah. funny. I was thinking about it today. I was like, do we, do you think Michelle is still bisexual? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't really tried finding any of these girls on Instagram to get updates. Michelle's private. Don't worry. I'm already on it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Michelle is like, stop trying to check for me, you nosy homosexuals. I'm living my life. She's like, don't talk about me on your podcast. Shut the <laughs> um, okay. uh, So last week, um, we were uh, discussing with Bob the Drag Queen, the iconic Be Quiet Tiffany um, episode. <laughs> Just watching that recap was like sending me to uh, Meme Universe. I know. So, okay, question. Have you ever had any experience with a teleprompter before? Um, no, not really. Um, okay, I have once. Um, and it was during the uh, Good Morning Bitches Challenge on mm-hmm. season nine of Drag Race. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's no, like, one singular way to do a teleprompter. But I will say that text was kind of small from where they were saying it was a lot of text. Like it was basically like the whole yeah. thing, <clears throat> like on a really like long, like tall screen yeah. and like small text. I'm like, normally I feel like on yeah. the teleprompter from what I've seen, it's like two and three lines that are like really yeah. big. So you could just like read it with ease. So, well, back then they, well, I think the reality shows wanted the contestants to fail you know, they were not mm-hmm. wanting any of them to do it well. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that that was like one of the major things that Tiffany was struggling with because she just felt like all these, the, the, she felt like, you know, the point of all the challenges was just to humiliate her, you know, and she was already yeah. struggling with her self um, confidence in that moment. So tell me, what, were, what are your thoughts on Tyra's uh, outburst at Tiffany? Mm, I think it was real. I don't think it was like, I don't think that Tyra was like faking anything, but I also think Tyra was probably frustrated with other production issues. You know, the, people know these are long days. I don't know if they film multiple episodes a day. I'm not really sure how that works, but I'm sure she must have been at her wit's end and took it out on Tiffany. Um, so I don't think Tiffany deserved that kind of outburst. If Tiffany wants to act, you know, dismissive or cavalier or act like she's not completely wrecked and devastated that's her business right Uh, so tyra you know acting up trying to um get a rise out of her i think was not right Mm -hmm. but um i'm sure afterwards tyra was like this actually looks pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think about production either i mean we've talked to people and they've said that those days go on for like 14 hours some of those panels Mm -hmm. like they go on all day and she was Mm -hmm. also at the time 
also filming her talk show, The Tyra Show. So Tyra was, mm-hmm. like, really working like crazy. But the thing is, too, it, you know, I I obviously can understand what it's like to be, like, overworked. Um, but at the same time, it's just all, like, these are all projects that Tyra took on, you yeah. know, um, for herself to build her mm-hmm. brand. And even when you're tired sometimes, you really have to, my my personal philosophy is to just always work hard and be nice to people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was really just uncomfortable to see that she couldn't recognize that what was happening with Tiffany is that she was just exercising certain defense mechanisms that she had learned over the years to just like mm-hmm. protect her own feelings and by mm-hmm. not allowing it to completely destroy herself and, and, and presenting it as if it wasn't something that had completely like broken her or destroyed her. Like that was her totally. way of combating that. And it was just so bizarre to me that Tyra couldn't really recognize that that's just what was happening in the moment. It is surprising because somebody like Tyra, you know, she's been in this business for years and years and years. Tiffany's been in it for weeks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it was, a, it was a similar thing, honestly, with RuPaul and was it the Vixen? That that, mm-hmm. that that when mm-hmm. they had a blow up at the reunion, you know, this person has been on TV for um, weeks, months, and this person has been in TV for dec- decades. Yeah. You know, people come from different understandings and realities and circumstances, you know, and you can't expect everybody to know how things work. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's get into this episode. Mm-hmm. So, um after the girls get a visit from Tyra explaining her whole be quiet Tiffany explosion, the girls get Tyra mail that reads, ever been visited by someone extraterrestrial? Be ready by one o'clock. So, of course, confused, the girls think that they're doing something involving aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's actually just media training with Entertainment Tonight. So the models yeah. meet with ET correspondent Jan Carl, who gives the girls a lesson in media training. So Maxwell and I talked about it earlier, but uh, what are your thoughts on Jan Carl? Do you think that she gave good advice? I think she did. I thought that she was, you know, nice. I thought that she was constructive and, um, you know, I don't think she was mean spirited. So I think that she did a good job being like a, uh, an extra helper for an episode. Um, is there like any particular, um, tip or advice that she gave the girls that you're all like, Hmm, I could apply that into my own media training. Oh, when she said to ramble on and then an idea will come to, I was like, totally have been there. Just, mm-hmm. you know, talk and be like, <laughs> yeah, just talk about like something silly. You know, I really saw you, uh, in the papers the other day and you were actually dating Leonardo DiCaprio, weren't you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. it works. So kind of like. You know, ramble in this day and age of editing, everything gets pieced together anyway. So they'll cut mm-hmm. that ramble out. <laughs> um, I I actually do agree with that. Like whenever I'm searching for something, um, oh my god, people are gonna know this now. Like I tend to like slow down. I'm like finding yes. it, and it seems really intentional. Like I mm-hmm. am so deeply invested into it until that next moment comes, and then I'm like, yes, anyway. So. Exactly. It works. It's you know, true. just like you know? the space. Like you know? and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it seems like genuine and engaging and like you're actually having a conversation as opposed to 
Question, 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 question. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I ever start running out of words, I just slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think being from like Chicago, I don't know. Sometimes I have the tendency to talk fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, not fast as my sis Jada Essence Hall, who we still need to have on the show because honestly, she is one of the fastest talkers I have ever heard in my life. Look over there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to kiki with her. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. I bet you she could read the shit out of a teleprompter. She'd probably be like... (laughs) Roll it faster. Roll it faster. She could say Magneta 25 times real quick. (laughs) Can you say Magneta? Magnetic? Um, (laughs) So when it came to the the actual training, the models were paired off and they were asked to interview each other as though one of them had just won the top model title. So uh, the pairs that we had were Brittany and Kaylin. Kenya and Naima, Naima Michelle, and Christina and Tatiana. Mm-hmm. Were there any standout moments for you in, in these interviews that the girls did with one another? I mean, my standout was uh, Christina and was it Tatiana? Yes. Uh, Christina was so wooden. But didn't she end up did she end up winning? Like I don't she, she won at some point. I was like, she her questions are so like, where were you today? Like she was like a, <laughs> like, like a prosecutor. <laughs> she was just doing yeah. that rambling thing. It was just going to come to her eventually. Better questions. She should have done that more because she was like, so what are you wearing? How much is it going to cost? Where are you going tonight? Uh, you- <laughs> uh, right. I know. You're like, am I being interviewed or interrogated right now? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh. Um, but I did love what they, the editing, when they, Tally the actuallys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was very like New Age Real Housewives editing, where they call them out for something that they're doing in moment with editing. Oh my god, absolutely! That would be like me and using like. Well, maybe now you guys need to work on just rambling, just rambling think, or, a little bit to like, because the next question will just come to you. So just or keep maybe I need, J- I need Jan Carl. Yeah, girl, <laughs> girl, Jan Carl. Where is Jan Carl now? I'm gonna look that up while you guys I, get I, into. I actually Wikipedia her. Work. I, I Wikipedia her. She's working on this show called Small Town Big Deals. Love okay. it. So is that like about real estate? I think it's something to do with agriculture. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, you know what? <laughs> we love agriculture. I love yeah. food. Yeah, I think that she's busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does cotton fall under agriculture, too? You have to ask I mean, Jan. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to slide into Jan's DMs and ask her. Oh, yeah. Um, did we feel like anybody came in particularly understanding this assignment? Um, I was actually surprised at how bad they all really were with this and with the Eve situation. Mm-hmm. I was, didn't think it was that difficult to have a conversation with questions, mm-hmm. but they were all like really nervous. I know. And it's just like, <laughs> I love the struggle of like the balance of like remembering to like put the mic in front of someone that you're interviewing space, you know, and mm-hmm. allow them to like speak and like get that type of like rhythm down. You could tell that they were yeah. really struggling with that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, what were you going to say? I was I actually wanted to go back. One of my favorite parts from earlier was when Tyra came in and was like, so that was really scary. You guys, right? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was like what you know the producers have to be like come on Tara you gotta kind of clear the air <laughs> I know she's like I promise I'm not gonna yell at any more of you this season guys that was really scary huh I scared I was, you right I know <laughs> that was really funny she was like I scared you right like that was really like that yeah. was an out-of-body experience for me too we were all scared she's yeah. like yeah she's like not only am I beautiful but I'm also scary I'm scary I yell <laughs> spooky spooky season was this before or after she did that bit where she foamed at the mouth and like fell they're like Tyra this is before yeah, okay. this is before. That's in a later season. Yeah. Except for okay. we're talking about when she got rabies on her talk show, because there was also that. Yeah. She, that she literally mm-hmm. foamed at the mouth at that, though. Literally so. foamed at the mouth, yeah. Uh, she's, uh, she has a, a brand. An underrated actress, <laughs> performance yeah. artist, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we love the iconography that is the shenanigans that Tyra Banks has delivered to us throughout all of these years. Can you say, can you say legendary? legendary? She's uh, uncomparable. Um, T. Okay, so so back to this mini challenge. I'm really mm-hmm. curious to know. Um, how do you think that Michelle performed? Um, honestly, fine. I didn't think that she did great or bad. I think any of them did great or bad. It's just it's the thing that stands out to me when I'm watching this is how their hair looks so crazy when it's not in a shoot. <laughs> well, what about, because we've talked about the bad hair weave that these girls have been yeah. given in the extensions throughout this whole cycle, but what about during the, we'll get to it a little bit later, but when Kaylin takes out her ponytail because they do the PR training and Tyra's like, take your ponytail out. And it was like, she was like, if you want to see like my really bad hair right now, sure. And it was like, (laughs) Tyra, why would you do that to her? You put that hair on her head. But then they cut away. They didn't show it, I don't think, because they knew it looked really bad. They're like, ooh, it does look kind of crazy. Never mind. Why'd you do that, Tyra? And this this is what's for you, Maxwell, because I see this. um, Do you think that Brittany would answer that question that way? What question in which way? She was asked... If she was surprised if she won and she was like, no, not at all. I like walked through this this show with so much confidence. And the Jan Carl was like, we don't want to say that. And I was kind of like, why? What's wrong with being confident? She's like, you're right. I would never answer that question that way. And I was like, bitch, yes, you would. You probably yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. And like also it's like that's so in line with like Britney's humor. And it's mm-hmm. like, don't you want people to be themselves on the runway? Like obviously she wouldn't think that she just like walked her way through this really difficult and trying competition, but she wants yeah. to she came out successful at the end. She wants to make light out of it and be like, ha, yes. And I also, am America's except model. That would have been great. And also I think maybe it was before was this before Simple Life or before like uh, when you know being kind of like outrageous was like um, yeah. good, you know, this was like after this, that was simple been... life. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't like that. I thought Britney was great TV and a great character, and like I thought she should have won the whole thing because she had such personality. I'm watching this, knowing who wins the whole thing, and I'm like, she kind of fades into the background. The person who wins. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yes. She has a very quiet, stealthy presence. You know, mm-hmm. she's not 
I feel like she's not somebody that um, whose personality, if you put her in like a line with the girls, is really going to jump out at you. She's very much more reserved mm-hmm. um, in that respect. Um, okay, but okay. So moving on. Uh, after the lesson, the models are sent off to test the interview skills that they've learned, and they get the opportunity to meet rapper and mogul Eve, and they will be interviewing her about her new clothing line, Fetish. Um, so Michael, you've been in LA. Have mm-hmm. you ever had to be a correspondent or interviewer? I've interviewed people before. I've interviewed drag queens. I've interviewed Olympians. Uh, and some people are not, I mean... Some people are not entertainers and you have to interview them and try to get stuff out of them. Uh, And it can be difficult. Eve, it shouldn't have been as hard as it was because Eve is a a public figure that speaks and entertains. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've done it and it can be hard work when that person is not an entertainer. Yeah, and I felt mm-hmm. like Eve was, like, really engaged with the girls and, like, ready to just, like, mm-hmm. help them and give them a good interview, you know? Because, obviously, she's like, I want to talk about my clothing line fetish, so, like, let's have a good time, let's have a good interview. But um, how do you feel like these models handled interviewing Eve? Not good. No, we're not good, I didn't think. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> 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 they act, I feel, I feel like two out of the seven, like, just broke down. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, it's so crazy. It's a five, it's a, you're in a, you're standing in front of a closet mm-hmm. in a hallway mm-hmm. with just like, just ask her questions and have a good time, you know, right. but they were acting like it was like uh, torture. They couldn't get it. It was yeah. bad. I mean, like, I feel like, honestly, it's like, if you want to do a good interview, easy way, like going with like a friendly intro, ask her how mm-hmm. she's doing. What's been going on with her recently? Oh, that's mm-hmm. what's been going on with you recently, Eve? Well, you know what? Now that we've caught up, let's talk about your clothing line. Where right. did the inspiration come from? Mm-hmm. Uh, how has it been doing this? What has been your favorite part? Oh, all of these things? Where can we find it? That's where it's going to be. Well, wonderful. Let us know exactly. what else we can expect from you and have a great day. Bam. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, that's, it's like you, like, think about just like, just a general flow of a conversation with anybody. It's like, you greet them, you catch up, Mm -hmm. you ask what they're doing, you know, uh, right now, you discuss that, you talk about it, and then be like, oh, well, I'm curious to know what's also going on with you in the future. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. what's up. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Exactly. Easy peasy. I thought actually Tatiana did the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she did a little better than Christina because Christina yeah. was like the show is for you're at it correspondent for entertaining tonight. There has to be some entertainment in it. And Christina, like I said, was just like, so where can we buy this? What are you wearing? Who are you dating? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was very like interrogation style. Right. Whereas Tatiana had some more charisma. She had charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a mm-hmm. little bit more light, you know. Yeah. So what you're saying is you feel Tatiana was robbed. I do feel like Tatiana was robbed. I was team Tatiana this episode. And now that I watch so much reality TV and drag race, you could tell when somebody's uh, getting a lot of airtime. Oh, they might be getting the access episode. So it's like, oh, no, Tatiana. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We will get into what happens next in the episode, but we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we will chat about this death-defying photo shoot. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. 
Now, each cycle on Top Model, we are given at least one photo shoot that really has us all clutching our pearls and wishing we knew more photographers in high school. Now, cycle four gives us the seven deadly sins shoot, which gave us a lot of glamour, but we also had an element of at-home drama that really made this episode just, I mean, chef's kiss. So, Maxwell, can you remind us of this iconic moment? Yes. So after a night of clubbing and being out in L.A., the models come home and Kaylin checks her voicemail to find out that one of her friends from high school has passed away. The other models, of course, are very supportive and are there for Kaylin. And she's shook, but like honestly still comes off pretty strong because she still does that challenge, the Eve challenge the next day. Um, After that, they get some Tyra mail that reads, tomorrow you will finally get to rest in peace and quiet. Be ready at 7.30 a.m. And the models already know that their photo shoot is going to have to do with death. And the next morning, they are sent off to a cemetery to meet Mr. J. And they find out they'll be doing the seven deadly sins photo shoot in a grave. Okay, so we have talked before about how uh, lucky production got during this cycle. And I feel like this is another moment where, uh, like, real life and, like, reality like, worked together so well to make some good television. So, obviously, you know, Kaylin is very upset going into this photo shoot. And you could see that, like, all the models are kind of walking on eggshells. Uh, do you think, uh, um, like, in this situation, um, do you feel like it was fate or production doing what production does best? Uh, 100% production. I mean, it, 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 uh, there's no way that that was that just happened to fall into place. You know, either they get their either they get the girls' messages or phone calls from home in a curated way and decided mm-hmm. to get let her have that message before they were going to do that seven deadly sins shoot, or they rearrange the shoot. You know, Ooh, what an okay. interesting. I never thought about that because mm-hmm. honestly, t- well, well, they get their calls home, right? So they at least get like their calls to contact their friends and family. So I feel like that couldn't be something that they held from her too long. And um, Jay Manuel had said that typically, as far as like planning for production. They had their shoots planned out like weeks in advance, just so that they could coordinate everything with like location wardrobe, hair, yada, yada. So I feel like this is kind of one of those moments where we really just happen to get like the, like where the timing of everything that was happening in one of these contestants' lives just happened to line up with like the reality TV drama. But that actually does really, the thought of them holding that voicemail, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my. I didn't think about that. That is a really great perspective for sure. I think for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems too like serendipitous that your friend dies when you're going to do this too. Not serendipitous. <laughs> I mean, another thing though that kind of makes me not believe, and I've said it before, is that there are seven contestants and it was a seven deadly sins themed shoot. shoot. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that if there were eight girls, it would have they d- but, but they did a double elimination the week before, right? Or day before. Oh. oh. The plot oh, thickens. My wow, and it was the first <laughs> double elimination in Top Model history. So maybe they knew that she was getting this voicemail, and I don't know how tight the shoots and eliminations are, but if it was a matter of two to three days, it seems. I mean, plausible. it does seem like the show moves pretty quickly like that. 
Mm-hmm. You have wow. us kind of speechless right now because uh-huh, they I really know. did. I mean, <laughs> they did send two people home the week before. Oh uh-huh. my god! And I'm honestly, they both just... didn't need to go home. Like, yeah, no. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay. Well, we have to get into the photo shoot before we keep sitting here like reeling over this. Oh, I know. <laughs> While everyone just sits here listening to us reeling mm-hmm. in silence. Um, okay. <laughs> So let's just start jumping into these photos, okay? So this moment in the episode uh, is obviously really difficult because these models are so young, and this is a whirlwind of an experience for them, but professional models delivered... um, Sorry, this is a whirlwind of an experience for them, but they were absolutely professional models who delivered some gorgeous photos during this shoot. So this goes up there with some of the most iconic top model shoots in history. So let's just get into these photos. First, we're going to just talk about Kaylin, who was given Mm -hmm. wrath. How do we feel about Kaylin's photo? I mean, it looked good. I mean, it looked good. I mean, she uh, looked like she was, you know, did what the photographer told her to do. Um, And I feel like she did a good job, given the circumstances. I agree. Yeah. I think she kind of killed it. I mean, the face, they called it fierceness. Yeah. I mean, she had a kind of an easier one to do, uh, which is, okay, look, angry, you know, and, and cute. And I mean, if you're a model, you already could be cute. So now you just got to act angry. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't give me uh, the wrath that I would want. Um, obviously she was modeling through it in this moment, so definitely there's some sympathy there. Um, but is she modeling through it? I think she's modeling through it, but she is not modeling H to T. Tyra Tippett. Because I think if those hands had wrath in them, I think her body language was a bit more tense. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this would feel more wrathful, revengeful. Mm-hmm. Wrath. I don't know. How do you say that? Yeah. Wrath. It's like it's like not giving me so much like I'm about to like fully unleash wrath upon you. It kind of feels like a cat giving you a warning that they're annoyed, like mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like this hair on her though. Oh, the hair this is red cute. Hair. But yeah. um whoever fucked up that uh suicide bang, I'm really mad because if that bang was like, you know, it should have been mm-hmm. that perfectly pointy suicide bang and whoever hit it with some light hairspray and did not have that shit frozen in place, shame on you. Mm. I'll ask I'll ask Raja. Okay. Ooh. So <laughs> um so let's just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Uh next we have Naima, mm-hmm. who is Envy. Um at the shoot, Naima was killing it, um, mm-hmm. according to Mr. J. Um, at panel, Nigel says that it's to die for. Um, do we think that Naima's like this? I wasn't gagging. I wasn't dying. I mean, I thought that she looked cute. I thought it was a good photo. But, mm-hmm. like, if the... What is it? It's envy. Envy, yeah. Like if it's envy, I feel like she could have looked a lot more, you know, angry or uh, like um, jealous or a lot more. That's so- that. That mm-hmm. was like the note that Tyra gave her. She was yeah. just like, you know, it's nice, but she's like, I wish. She's like, in your face, it was more like, I want what you got, bitch. You know, exactly. I wasn't getting that. 
It almost mm-hmm. looks seductive in, but in green. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel it's... like these are a little bit all, all a little bit harder to convey. I think with better styling as well, I think they could have been portrayed too. I think like on paper it seems really easy to be like envious, but I feel like when trying to convey that in a coffin, it is kind of hard. I don't know. I feel like if, you're, uh, yeah. if you know how to project like well enough, like it's like yeah. I mean, maybe Naima has lived a perfect life and has never been envious of another human, so maybe she can't Perhaps. connect to it. Yeah. But I, at least for myself personally, I feel like I would know how to project what it looks oh. like to be envious of yeah. and want something and for someone else to not have it. Same. I've been an actor in L.A. for 12 years. I've mastered jealousy. Yeah, you don't you know? know how to look like a hater. Like Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I see that people's faces all the time when they look at me. Top model <laughs> No, I know how to look envious because I need to I need to work on not being that. So if I was Naima, I think I would have killed it. I don't right. maybe maybe Naima, maybe when you are a beautiful model, you don't feel jealous often. Right. Yeah, maybe like, nobody's ever I mean, maybe she's just always been the envy of people. And people, not, uh, yeah. Not envious this, of other people. This no. is pre, this is like at the um, blooming of Facebook as social media. So she hasn't been online bullied yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up after Naima, we have Brittany, who was sloth. Um, so at the shoot, Brittany really wasn't, you know, like understanding the assignment until Mr. J gave her a more precise definition of sloth. And then mm-hmm. she really started to, you know, unfold and serve it. And at the panel, they were really surprised with her look. And the photographer said that she had a great energy, which made his job more manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we think that Brittany did? I do feel like sloth is a harder one to convey because... Even I don't completely know what that would emulate or look like. Um, I, I like lazy or like couch potatoy, but as a model, like I don't really know how how I would know how to convey that. Um, but she has like a bubbly onset personality, so mm-hmm. that's one of those things that everybody's gonna like. And I'm sure yeah. she probably had better photos in that mix. That photo was not amazing, right? Firstly, okay, so if I were assigned sloth, my... Just lay it out for us. Okay, (laughs) so you can kind of tell that there's a little bit of, like, an arch um, in Brittany's back, slightly, just kind of with her chest and shoulders and how she kind of has Mm -hmm. the arm over. I feel like if, like, I were given a sloth, what I would have done is kind of tried to go a little bit lower into the mm-hmm. coffin and turn both of my knees like inward and like hunch my shoulders down into the coffin. Uh, like all of my energy was being dragged mm-hmm. down. Like I had no energy to even like stand up, you know, Serving that's smart. The broken doll, the right. Because it's doll. still yes. a vertical picture, even though, you know, they're ab- above you, the framing is still going yes. to be vertical. So if I were to like sink down into that coffin more, you know, shoulders rolled over, like, that would have been my approach to mm-hmm. Good yeah. point. That would have been good. It, none of them really did utilize the... The, the um, brief? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really <laughs> use the full coffin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just like really work this space. I feel like it's when you're put into a confined space and you're like posing in something that's really close, it actually gives you... um 
a lot to play around with as far as creating like negative space because that's where it becomes really mm-hmm. interesting you know how do you create different like n- space like negative space between your body and like the environment mm-hmm. that you're in I feel like that would almost be easier than having a big open space because then absolutely. you can make, make all the little things stand out more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weird to side note, the crops on these photos too are super wide. Um, mm-hmm. I cut cropped ours, Shay, but they're like super wide. They go like way bigger and the, all the tombstones say what um, the uh, models are. Were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I did mm-hmm. not notice pre investigating this. Oh, yes. Um, okay. So, Let's move on next to Christina, who was lust. So Christina, she she seemed a little intimidated by the assignment. And Mr. J told her that she needed to act like she wanted them to lick every inch of her body. But it was like pulling teeth to get her there. And And $10 a pop. Girl. (laughs) I don't know know what, what market he's at. <laughs> what? You've never paid ten dollars to lick somebody? Maybe for each little piggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. Each little piggy yeah. has to pay to yeah. get on the ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um uh, but the judges uh at panel thought it was good. However, they still wanted more from her. Uh I'm curious to know what y'all feel about this. Whether you I feel think that like... she looks great, honestly. And I, I was surprised because I her how she I hadn't seen this season in a while and seeing how she was with the ET stuff she was so wooden and stiff here she looks like you know a sexy model you know portraying uh, lust. I I think one of the judges' comments was this is the first time we've seen personality from her the whole cycle and that was really true she has been a deer in headlights the whole psycho i mean even during makeover day we talked about how she looked like she was like on mm-hmm. drugs leaving the club so um, <laughs> yeah she... they they went clubbing this episode too they did oh my this god what if they day. went clubbing before makeover day and we just did it now that would have been really good and they what? The wait, wait 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 <laughs> they they sent them out to the club before makeover day so that they could get turned up and then come uh-huh. in the makeover day hungover so that the emotions would be higher <laughs> could you imagine could you imagine that, that would be a been shitty haircut when you're hungover <laughs> i miss these days in top model <laughs> and reality tv when they let them go out and do stuff i remember one episode where yoana got a cake for somebody Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like, let me just run out and get a cake. I cannot yeah. imagine filming Drag Race and being like, oh, let me just go and get some. Like, literally, you have to announce to somebody when you are going to the bathroom. Like, they need to know where you are at mm-hmm. every single moment of every single day. It is so mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um, Could you imagine just going to get a Starbucks? Like, just being like... Yeah, I gotta, wow. I'm getting a frappuccino for Tatiana. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my personal opinion on Christina's last photo is that it's not, it's not there. It's not delivering it for me. Really? It's not. It does not read lust. It like, okay. I agree. I when I was a kid, I felt like it was sexy. Like I was feeling a little bisexual when I saw this photo in two thousand five. Now I'm feeling a little confident that 
not lust. I'm not lusting for it. Because oh, so I'm, I'm getting a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of like. I'm getting a little bit of a seduction vibe, but to me, it, that does not quite equate lust. As for me, lust is the desire. You know, the feeling, the impulse. You know, to want and go and get those cheeks clapped. And I feel <laughs> like, you know, like if, if, if I was putting this less like, you know, yeah, she's trying to be cute and have her hand on her thigh, but you probably should have been flexing those fingers, grabbing that thigh, you know, grabbing yes. that ass. Like, I want to see those fingers going in because that feels like you're trying to control yourself. You're trying to pull back yes. on the lust because, the you know, it's like taking over. It just she's. She's beautiful. Give us horny. Give us horny. Give us horny. Give us. We want horny. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say too. I mean, she's young, but I was like, I was horny at fifteen. Like, you could be horny at twenty. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, push it there. Go, like, go for it. Um. All right. Next, <laughs> next we have Michelle, um, who is pride. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So. At the shoot, Michelle was so excited to be in the grave, and the girls were not into that at all. Mm-hmm. But she was also pleased to be pride. Mr. J said that she had no idea what to do and that she was serving beauty queen on acid. At <laughs> panel, they hate it. They said it looks like a gay pride. They said that it looks like a gay pride float. And mm-hmm. the judges wanted to, her <laughs> to embody herself more and be more confident. I I like it. You were the Paul Abdul of this show. I love it. <laughs> she she made like... it her own. She made it her own. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, um, the whole thing is very weird. I mean, the styling just doesn't. The make styling sense. is not. That's the thing. The styling doesn't make sense, and I don't understand how that's pride or proud. Like, why is she bisexual? Why didn't you make her like make it gayish? You know, right? Because that would have been a way to flip pride on its head, you know, and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. she's bisexual." Let's. Get... But then it's it's funny because then they're like making references to her looking like she's on like a gay pride float, you know. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get the 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 mouth like, open. You know, they blocked her eyebrows and gave her like a Drag Race season one eyebrow. Like, of course, <laughs> she's gonna look like she's a queen on a float. Mm-hmm. Um, divine. The hair. Yeah. The hair is neither here nor there. That tiara is hanging on by a thread, mama. And I Mm -hmm. feel like there's so much going on with the trophies that are in the bottom that she's she's really kind of confined to a very specific Mm -hmm. frame. There's not much um, Michelle can do. Um, But I still... Uh, the 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 mouth open with, like, the chin down. Mm -hmm. It's like... When you think of pride, it's chin up. Like, you know... totally. What like does no her sash? What does her sash even say? I'm reading egg. That's all e- I can. I'm reading ego. <laughs> I was gonna. I think it says something ego. Because oh, uh, <laughs> pride. Okay. She but said you better let go my ego. The two don't necessarily go hand in hand. You know. Right. So I don't know. I think that this. I think that they messed her up with the look and the 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 tones that maybe they thought she was supposed to be conceited or something, but that's not necessarily pride. So she kind of messed herself up in her head and she already seems like she's in a weak spot emotionally this week. Mm -hmm. I'm T. Okay. So let's, let's uh, keep it on 
going and move on to our girl, Kenya, who was assigned gluttony. She was told not to be too campy. Um, and they felt that she didn't deliver. And Mr. J uh, said that he's seen drag queens do it better. Um, the judges didn't like it. Uh, Tyra says that she doesn't feel like she's looking at a model and would like to see the donut hanging out of her mouth. This is an art direction thing. If it's <laughs> if, if if she's gluttonous, why would she be laying in a bed of salad? Point. Nobody's nobody's binge eating. Anybody who's gluttonous isn't binge eating salad. It should be fries or something. It, yeah, you know, it should be fries. It should be junk food. Like, there's like an apple there. Like, and Tyra's like, you should have a donut hanging out of your mouth. Well, does she have a donut? Because I see an apple. I feel like they went to craft services, mm-hmm. emptied out the salad trays from lunch. Yeah, and then we're like, lay on this. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could find some carbs from breakfast, a muffin from, from breakfast earlier today. Also, it's just, uh, for these girls, it's just so confusing because Tara says, I want you to have a donut hanging out of your mouth. That's not couture. The other girls, they say, that's not model. That's not, that doesn't look couture. Yeah. All this stuff. How is she supposed to, you know, have a donut hanging out of her mouth? I had that, that question too. Mm-hmm. She was saying be model, but also was like, but also have a donut hang out of your mouth. It made no sense. But don't be too campy. Right. Right. Honestly, even though this photo may, did not get high praise, I love the, I, I just kind of, I, I still kind of like it. Same. <laughs> Maybe I'm just partial to Kenya. <laughs> I love her. And then I kind of saw a bit of the next episode. Is that when they like, she's eating a lot. She's eating a lot of carbs. <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. we talked about that with her and she said, you know, they were very specific about the styling. They would be like, no, make sure it's a crop top. Like make sure mm-hmm. that we could see her stomach, you know? And you're like, damn. Wow. And as somebody who has also been on reality TV, craft services isn't always, what's like catered and what's brought to like crafty isn't always the healthiest stuff. Right. And I I have seen like other contestants rather go hungry and not eat versus a whole bunch of junk food because they're just like mm-hmm. concerned. They're like, I'll just be eating all this junk food and then I'll gain weight on TV. And I'm like, and that's no way to compete. Right. My girl, how look your best. since you talked to some of these girls, how long is the filming of a season? Do you think? I think they said it's eight weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to say it's like eight weeks. It's fourteen That's girls, pr- so mm-hmm. they got rid of two a week. Um, right? That's that, math. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess seven so. Weeks, but like an extra week for whatever. So. Is yeah. that like this? Is that like the same with Drag Race? Um. Season nine was six weeks. Um, but how many girls do we have? 13. And we film like an episode every two days. So it's like. Yeah. So yeah, it was about six weeks. Wow. They were a little different back then than they are now too. So. Mm-hmm. Do you ever All wish that. was like five. Mm-hmm. So. Oh wow. That was, that was lovely. Okay. We have, we have one last girl. Okay. Um, Tatiana. She was assigned greed, and at the shoot, uh, it it becomes clear of her story that she doesn't come from a lot, and she said that this challenge was difficult, and Mr. J said that she needed 
to not look so cliche. Um, Tyra and Janice think that she's acting and looks good. However, Nigel thinks that it's his least fave. How do we feel about Tatiana? Not good. It's not, I don't think it's good. This has been a roller coaster. You really liked her earlier, so. I knew that this was going to be her swan episode, you know, her swan song, because, you know, there's a lot of emotions for one girl, for, Mm -hmm. for the viewer to watch. I mean, I felt that, there must have been better photos who knows but but also it's like there's just so much you could do with uh greed i mean Mm -hmm. everybody knows what it's like to be greedy or no a greedy person you know yeah so i i kind of i think she missed the mark she just looks like she's i don't know it's a weird stance with her legs also i don't don't know because they're neither here nor there yeah um yeah, they're not like a power stance. Right. And they're not like it interesting like enough. A, it looks like a baby's going to drop out or something. Like it's <laughs> a weird position. It is. Not a baby. <laughs> and too, if you're thinking um, just like from an editorial level, she's covering up so much of the outfit. So she's not even really showing off the. Exactly. Position. And her eyes are closed. A lot of the girls seem to have their eyes closed. Like, um, Somebody else had their eyes closed. I was like, you should kind of have your eyes open. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be closing the eyes during a photo shoot because then flashes be bright. You're like, give me a second. Mm. You'd be like, let me just. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a Tyra tidbit. You close your eyes for when it's really bright. You close your eyes for uh-huh. three seconds. So you have the photographer count down. And then you oh. open your eyes when it's time to, when he's ready to take the picture. Um, Interesting. I mean, it is obvious that uh, this was not Tatiana's week and she wound up being the contestant that was sent home. Mm-hmm. Um, do we feel like it was Tatiana's time to go? You know, um, I'm not sure. I honestly, since I hadn't watched the earlier episodes in such a long time, I was just gauging off this episode and I thought I wasn't a huge Christina fan. So I kind of thought from the beginning of the episode, maybe it's her time. Mm-hmm. But towards the end, I kind of was like, yeah, I think that it's Tatiana's. Michelle is just too good TV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Um, and on that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will chat more with Michael about his YouTube channel. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Wanna Be On Top. We are here chatting with Michael. Now, Michael, we've talked about the top model of it all. But yeah. let's talk about your YouTube channel. Now, yeah. You have a pretty fierce and successful YouTube channel where you write and act in sketches about queer topics and issues. Yeah. Um, what got you all started in this? What made you want to start writing these sketches? Well, like I said, I've been here for a long time in Los Angeles and, you know, it was uh, like five years ago or so. And it, that was the point where everybody started to like make their own content. This is pre TikTok, pre um, really Instagram being popular, but people were making videos on YouTube and nobody was including me. So I was like, fuck this. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll just do my own. So um, at first it was just like making funny stuff and then I made it gay. And then mm-hmm. I started doing some, short films and more serious stuff too. 
Yeah. What was your first video? First video was, um, oh my goodness. Well, the first one that got, well, the first one I did was about friends talking about the industry and saying like how the other person sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the first one that got popular, shocker, it was about this game called Straight Gay Chicken. Have you ever heard of Mm -hmm. Gay Chicken? Mm -hmm. It's where like two straight guys almost kiss but not really mm-hmm. and and uh, who knew gay people would love that <laughs> <laughs> we do it plays into yeah. a whole bunch of different fantasies um, sure. for us and in addition to that you've done um a couple of different web series yeah um do you have a favorite of those experiences um, I mean, I really love the one I recently did, uh, Hot Homo Summer. I did it this past summer. It was pretty light. You know, I had some stuff about the pandemic. So that, I really like that one. But the one I did a couple of years ago, The Journey of Being Likable, had some more heavier topics. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, you know, about feeling like, you know, unattractive or trying to fit in to L.A. standards mm-hmm. and stuff. So I really like I, I like that one a lot. And that one was a huge learning curve for me. Just figuring out how to do longer form stuff. Yeah. And and speaking of, are are there any um, particular uh, topics that you were surprised that got a lot of traction or visibility or engagement? I did a video. um, Let's see. I mean, you know, I'm always so surprised about some of the videos that do really well and the ones that don't. The one I did one this year all about body dysmorphia. And Mm -hmm. like, uh, it was a really short film, probably just about a minute and 40 seconds, but it was all about how you like look at other men, gay men, when you're in their bodies Mm -hmm. and how you feel terrible about your own. Mm -hmm. And that one like overnight did really well. Uh, but then some topics like I did not expect to do well. I did one about winking during the pandemic when you wear Mm -hmm. a mask. So it's like, (laughs) how do you flirt? Because I'm normally a big, a smiler, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no one can see, so you gotta become a winker. So that one did pretty well too. I was gonna ask if you prefer doing scripted stuff or interview stuff because I know you've done some interview shows too. You did yeah. the your time at the salon and blanking. yes, nailed, nailed yes. by Michael Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. But like I said, it was a lot of um work because some of the people that I interviewed were not entertainers so trying to make this entertaining while I'm the one doing all that is hard um granted it, it's like heavily edited and um uh we use a, a good friend of mine who's a really good editor to do graphics and stuff but um I do like that uh interviewing also um but it's a it's a it, it's a, it's totally different do you have a favorite interview that you've done? I actually really, do you know, uh, Andrew neighbors? He's a very se- sexy optometrist Instagrammer. Oh, and it definitely, uh, wasn't a difficult interview for me. <laughs> While I, got to ho- I got to hold his hand and look into his eyes. And <laughs> I love it. And, <laughs> and paint make, his nails. And paint his nails. I mean, like that was like a fantasy. <laughs> He's great, yeah. He's very sweet, and um, I would paint his nails. Yeah. Oh yeah, nails. yeah. Give those, him. I would check those cuticles real deep. Yeah, give him a real good paint job. Oh, no, I see what you did there. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, but he was great. I mean, I did. I did meatball. 
Uh, Meeple was really great. Meeple's Love so her. Entertaining. Yeah. So when I, she so well, I was like, I, I, okay, I have to talk too. <laughs> like, she, <laughs> but she's great. I mean, she's also a great interviewer herself. Mm-hmm. But that was a learning curve. Something that I learned from Housewives is you could say all sorts of things and say, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know. <laughs> I know. Like I, I think there was one episode of Potomac where Katie said Ashley was dumb and then later cut back to Ashley and Ashley's like you t- I overheard that you said that I was uh dumb and she's like I never said you were dumb I said you were stupid <laughs> <laughs> see you know it's like you really got to take it back yeah. you know verbatim otherwise they're gonna be like I didn't say that Exactly. I didn't say that. Exactly. Um, and we were actually just like talking briefly about like housewives on the break because mm-hmm. you are also um, a housewives fan. Now, uh, you were saying that you watched the first part of the Beverly Hills reunion twice. Oh, hell yeah. I Girl. loved it. I am obsessed with this season. And honestly, Housewives goes through waves with me. Some seasons just mm-hmm. don't have a lot going on. This one just, mm-hmm. you know, happened to have somebody fall into extreme misfortune and we all get to benefit. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, tea. Tea. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it I, was very entertaining for all of us to watch. Um, also, it's just like, I felt like, it, like as far as like people who are fans of the franchise, it left people really polarized um and their feelings towards what was going on with Erica um people are divided and I have a a lot of feelings I have a lot of feelings about things I have a lot of feelings about who were her friends during this um I go back and forth that's my thing too I I struggle with it because I feel like it's such a unique situation and there's I mean, and we yeah. know that there's so much she can't tell us. Like she's exactly. already telling us a lot, but we also, as people that understand legal systems, like we are aware that she is this obviously is can't just be uh-huh. spilling said tea. And, but and she has it, not but, been yeah. charged with any crime either. You know, so it's like I've, I feel like in the face of public court, she people have already just like made up their minds about. Well, what her. do you think? Wh- which way do you think people are leaning? You think people are leaning towards Team Erica or Team Government? I feel like they're leaning towards team government. Yeah, me too. I mean, if by part part four, you know, um, Biden doesn't give her the electric chair, I don't think I'll be satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to say personally, I feel like it does look, there's a lot of things about it that seem like, you know, really shady, but um, I don't think Erica was pretty. I really, I there's just a piece of me that doesn't feel like she's same, really privy to but it. But it's the same thing with Teresa. You might not be privy to everything, but if you're signing documents, you're, you know, responsible. That sucks, though, because it's just all like, how many bitches really read their contracts? They don't. From even, top Kath- to yeah, even Kathy said she doesn't read stuff. When, when, when it's being brought to you by someone that you trust and you love and it's your husband who took vows that they would take care of you, you're going to assume, like, oh, this isn't going to be anything that's going yeah. to come back and, like, me later um because your husband's been like you know paying these bills then you get the glam team and all that mm-hmm. like you know he's been helping me live my best life so i'm not gonna ask any questions and like i have a good friend whose husband is also um an attorney and i i think i've talked about this before but like there's one time we were staying with him and he has like an office in their house it's like three floors in like boston mm-hmm. i literally thought that he was out of town because he does travel for business a lot and he was literally just up 
in his office at home working the entire time, but just never encountered him for the first two days that we were staying there. Didn't hear him. Nothing. So, you know, Eric is like, he goes and he's in his office doing what the hell ever. I don't know. You Mm know, I'm like, I feel like, I feel like, yes, she didn't know, but I think she knew enough. I think she I knew think that to. I think she knew not to ask a question. I think yes. I think, I think she. I think yeah. she just didn't ask questions. But I mean, I don't know if I could blame her because, like, I would be afraid to but ask questions. The, I think she heard stuff, and then she was probably like, "Oh, TMI, TMI, gotta go." <laughs> well, and I'm sure it was also packaged in a really pretty bow. Like, you know, I've been doing this for years. I'm the number one defense lawyer in Los Angeles. All these people are my friends. So even if something happens, Mm -hmm. like, I got it, Mm -hmm. you know, but now he's senile and doesn't got it. But also, you know, when you're like allegedly senile, allegedly, allegedly senile. Um, How convenient. but, (laughs) But also, I think when you're a super millionaire, you've got your fingers in all sorts of money pots so i'm sure it doesn't seem weird as one of these wealthy housewives that marry a wealthy person for them to be like what you're making money doing that oh okay i don't know you know yeah whatever Mm -hmm. yeah Um, 20 million dollars to transfer into one account as much money as you have that's still a lot of money that is a lot of money that is a lot of money i would i i personally would not know what that um is like and i i I don't know if she was seeing the bank account statements of what they like had in the bank bank and their joint yeah. account, or she's just like, you know, running the card and it's never declining. Like, cause like, I don't okay, know. because if you never see and you got the house and the helicopter and the cars and you're just like running the car and never cl- declines, you know, he drops 20 million in your bank account, your LLC, like, I feel like, yes, I'd be a little bit shocked. No, I'd be a lot of bit shocked. Mm-hmm. But I'd also be like, damn, I had no idea we had it like that. Like, oh my God, my baby is rich as fuck. If he could just move $20, $20 million over my account, like, damn, daddy's rich. But don't take my word for it. We are, I'm not this is not a legal perspective. Comes, yeah, yeah, I'm not somebody that comes from money, so I would probably fall for that shit too. You know, Whatever. I'd be like, oh my God, daddy gave me $20 million. I am so good. Like, mm-hmm. Do you think um, that do you think Erica's gonna come back next season? Who knows? I think if she was smart, she wouldn't. But how old is she gonna have money? Yeah. I mean, but I don't think it's helping build her brand, which is I think the only reason why she came back but this the thing season. Is, she just but, needs a good she mm-hmm. needs a good team to teach her how she needs to a go PR. About, yeah. She needs good PR. She doesn't have that. She ain't got nobody being like she don't needs stop some crazy things. She needs on, Jan Carl. <laughs> Jan Carl to come yeah. through. Yeah. She needs the Tyra and the she crew needs, to come and needs, give her PR training. She needs okay. Tatiana. I'm, and I'm really curious to know about this too. I mean, we're t- totally going on such a housewives tangent, but we love it. Um, how do we feel about Kyle um, in this whole situation? Because I'm going to be honest, I feel like Kyle's been like playing both sides of the fence with Eric. She always, she always does. And I feel mm-hmm. like she's been throwing Sutton under the bus to try and do all her dirty work. And then like anytime it feels like there's a little resolve between Sutton and Erica, 
she'll go back to Erica and be like, oh, well, did I also forget to mention that Sutton said this thing and how she still doesn't believe you? And it just like opens that wound back up. And then Sutton's always kind of getting blindsided by like Erica's like anger, which is justified because all she's hearing is that like Sutton's talking about her behind her back. And you're like, but you know, like Kyle, you're also over there and your confessionals and with your husband and with Dorit. Mm -hmm kind of saying that you don't really believe her either. And then you just kind of like push Sutton out there to be the one that's mm-hmm. like taking the beating. I'm just all like, girl. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm, I agree with everybody else. They're all afraid of Erica. Mm-hmm. Kyle's afraid of Erica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle always from day one has been a shitster. And she just, and even I think at the reunion where on um, Watch Rapids, I forget where I heard, they're like, she says stuff to stir the pot. Like, mm-hmm. she says stuff that's already been squashed, squashed. and brings it up again. Um, but she does throw Sutton under the bus because she's not afraid of Sutton. Sutton's been, there's her first full-time season. She probably mm-hmm. doesn't know if she's going to come back, you know. Mm-hmm. Erica, she doesn't want to be on the bad side of someone that's could be here for a long time if she wants yeah. to be. Yeah, and the thing, I, I, I feel like I'm seeing so many similarities in the way that she treats Sutton to the way that she treated Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. You know? Yeah. But that's just the random tea on that. Uh, question. Michael, did you have fun here today with us on Wanna Be On Top? Oh, my God. I had so much fun. There's one other thing I got to say. I have such a crush on Mr. J. Watching this episode, I was so turned on by Mr. J. Oh, mm. my gosh. Mm. I we follow, love Mr. J. I follow him on Instagram. But, oh, even I, I forgot about this version of Mr. J. This <laughs> <laughs> You hear that, Mr. J? Yes. Ooh, yes. looking yes. good. <laughs> ten dollars a pop, right here, Mr. J. Right, you're like, I will take ten dollars and I will let you lick me up and down. I'll show you lust. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay, Michael, can you please tell the children where they can keep up with you and watch your videos? Of course, you could uh, just YouTube search Michael Henry, I'll come up, and then on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and TikTok, Michael Henry 915 and, oops, and I am doing a uh, stand-up show in Chicago uh, before the Ooh. end of the year, I think in November sometime, or early December, so keep updated, keep, keep yes. looking at my stuff, and I'll be there. Oh my God, I would love to come if I'm in town. Oh yeah, that would be great. I'll definitely let you know. Work. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you everyone so much for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen, and make sure to rate and review the show because it helps us grow, girl. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, Wanna Be On Top? Wanna Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Wanna Be On Top? Forever. Dog. To listen to Wanna Be On Top? 
ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review. Wanna be on top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch. I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna be on top? It's produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 